Let's get real, let's get inspirational, a little bit emotional, and let's shed some sunshine. This is the Sunshine Steven Podcast. Welcome! Good day and happy Wednesday! Also, welcome back to the Sunshine Steven Podcast, where I have taken months off um, because all hell broke loose in personal life and stuff. So... I am back and um, pulling a T-Swift moment and pulling some interviews recorded during uh, season one, I guess you could say, of Sunshine Steven from the vault and releasing them periodically. And that's what I'm starting with today, talking to new friend Rachel um, about her life adventure slash story um, dealing with medical stuff and... Um, grief and loss, all that good, well, not good stuff, but (laughs) good conversation, but not so happy that all that stuff happens, but hey, it does, and we talk about mental health here, so, so excited to finally share this, but fair warning, it was recorded last May, so some of the stuff might not add up, um, I know I talk about it being mental health month, but that's in May again, so, um, there might be some things that you're like, hmm. That doesn't make sense, Steven. Yeah, I know, because it was recorded last year. And here comes Rose with her grand entrance wanting to be in the show. Thanks, Rose. Any hoozle, I hope you enjoy this conversation with new friend Rachel. And Rose is still playing with her toy. (laughs) Well, welcome, Rachel, to the Sunshine Steven podcast. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Fresh off vacation, which was much needed. So super excited, but not excited awesome. to get back to the real world. So <laughs> it is what it is, though. Um, I always encourage, especially during Mental Health Month, people take your vacations, take your PTO. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's harder right now with everything. Things are opening back up. Just be safe about it. Um, that's my soapbox. Anywho, this is all about you. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I definitely, I don't want to steal your thunder and take anything away. So I'll give you the opportunity to kind of introduce yourself and what you're about. um, And then we'll get into the heavy, hard-hitting questions that we have. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I am Rachel. I turned 39 a few weeks ago. I live outside of Minneapolis. I moved here from a smallish, I I considered 40,000 people. Smallish town in Michigan. Um, I moved here when I was 18, not knowing one person. So been here almost 19 years. Didn't plan on staying. Um, met a guy. So I moved to go to the University of Minnesota. I met a guy uh, first semester sophomore year when I was 19 and then ended up marrying him. And we had an amazing relationship, amazing life, had the dog, had the house, mm-hmm. thought we'd have the kids. Turned out I had endometriosis really bad, like cysts on my reproductive organs, things like that. So then for me, it was, I worked in mental health. I got my master's in social work and worked with serious and persistent mental illness and, you know, schizophrenia, bipolar, all those types of things. Um, And then learned I might not be able to have kids and I had pain and all these issues. Um, So then I went on antidepressants and, um, you know, had a lot of anxiety, different things, not knowing what's going to go on. And then, so this is like the fall of 2010 Mm -hmm. and then new year's Eve, 
2010, we have Chinese food. My husband gets a fortune cookie that says you're about to have a major life change. What we didn't know is 15 days later, he's diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Mm. So I became a cancer wife at 28 and took care of him. My parents lived with us. Um, We're all spread out in different states. Um, Don't have any family here. And my parents lived with us for 18 months out of the 27 months he was ill, which at first you're like, Oh my gosh, I don't want my mom and dad to like, you know, my dad fold my underwear, my mom to be up in my business or whatever, but it's just, it was amazing. And to this day, it's this forever amazing bond I have with my parents. Um, but my husband was, um, really sick. He got a lot better and then he got sick again. And unfortunately on our eighth wedding anniversary in the fall, late summer, fall of 20, 12, he relapsed. We hospitalized him that day of our eighth wedding anniversary. And then he had a bone marrow transplant the following January. Um, preparation for that was at the same time while I was in another hospital in Minneapolis, having another surgery for my own health issues. Mm. Um, and just the preparatory chemo and radiation that he had ended up his stem cell transplant took Um, so he was technically cured Mm. after 60 days, but the, um, chemo and radiation ripped apart his lungs, his bladder, his, um, kidneys. So he was in ICU twice. And then I was ultimately told five days before he died, two days before I turned 31, I'm sorry. Mm. So I ended up me taking him off life support, playing him a heaven playlist I had made. And then, you know, signing the papers, Mm. um, for his life to end. And he donated his body to the university of Minnesota and he had extra spinal taps, bone marrow biopsies, all kinds of stuff just to help other people. Super cool. Awesome guy. Um, and then I'm 31 and I'm a widow. What do I do? Yeah. So I decided to write a book and I'm not for, I don't know. Are you familiar with caring bridge? I feel like I've heard of it, but enlighten me and yeah so it's a website where instead of being inundated with text email phone calls um now messenger snapchat whatever that may be how's your person you write a blog um it's for people through their medical journey and then if you subscribe to it you get an email every time there's a new update Mm -hmm. so i made a book of the caring bridge post team his name was grayson team grayson post on facebook all of that is in chronological order in my book, Wife Would of Nawa, along with when I'm navigating health insurance, I teach you how. Mm-hmm. When it's treatment, diagnosis, finances, everything you need to know that your brain is too flooded with just shock and survival day to day, you really don't know how to do. Most right. people don't know how to do. I didn't know how to do it. I had to research all of it. So it's a love story and toolbox through all of that. And then part one, Part 1.0 is when he's alive. Point 2.0 is the second the door closes behind me in the hospital mm. and I leave him there. Um, and then I navigate all of the same types of resources of, you know, I have to plan a funeral. I'm 31. I have to plan a yeah. funeral. I have to take care of myself. Can I live where I live? Can I, you know, my work, all these different things. So this is the first of its kind memoir that bridges like a memoir love story with the resources that just aren't out there. So I'm really proud to put this out in the world. And I speak very frankly about my mental health and my faltering and my falling on my face and my dating and not working and jobs and not working and realizing I need to ask for help. Mm -hmm. 
And when people want to help, I have lists of things that, to tell them how to help, you know, all these different things. Cause there's just, I didn't even read, you know, I've been on maybe my book came out, um, end of September and I've been on maybe 25 different podcasts and I didn't find out until I was on so many grief and loss ones, how taboo grief is. Mm. It really is. So many mm. people don't want to talk about it. And I know cancer is like, Ooh, people oh, don't yeah. know what to do. Yeah, they don't want to talk about, but never before has there been something like this where someone's like, I've been there. This is how you do it. This is the adequate way. Da, 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 da. So it's all the grit, the glory, the sadness, the happiness, the, oh my gosh, how much more can happen to her? And it's like, it doesn't rain cats and dogs. It's raining Buffalo and dinosaur, but it's my story of story of redemption of how I went from A to Z back up to A again. And it's been eight years since he died, but it took years. Like I started putting this post in chronological order the year after he died. And then it was too painful. And then five years after he died, I started writing and it took me about two and a half years to write the book. But I have this to be able to help people feel less alone because it is really isolating to be a 28 year old cancer wife, let alone a widow at 31. So this is really applicable to any sort of catastrophic illness, COVID, whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I have it very open to any, you know, gender, sexuality, religion, not faith is a huge part of me, but I have it, whether it's part of you or not, you know, take it or leave it. What I say, um, I make sure even, you know, I have the terminology spouse slash significant other, because I don't want anyone to feel isolated because your person is your person. So I'm just really excited to have this out there because there was nothing like this back then. And what's crazy is it's been a little over 10 years since he got sick and a little over eight years since he died. But the amount of social media and resources we have out here now, that was not there when I was going through it. So yeah, it's reflecting on all of that and just saying, you know, literally like, here's how I did it. (laughs) And I think you can take some pieces of it and it will help you do it too. So it's pretty, pretty exciting. No, definitely. I think that's super awesome that you took that because I mean, it is like you said, it's not something people like to talk about. Um, And I know from my personal experience, I lost my mom to cancer when I was 16. Mm -hmm. So in a weird way, like I didn't have to deal with the whole, I mean, I was 16, like funeral and everything that I had to deal with my, my personal stuff, but like my grandparents, they were like, I don't know what to do. My, my older sisters, they, you know, like you said, there was nothing out there and that was 2009. So they, they really, they were yeah. like, I, I, we don't know how to go through with this or anything like that. Um, and another thing I want to commend you on and something that I never thought I would have to experience, but I actually had to experience last year with my sister signing those papers for life support to end and everything. It's so hard to describe to somebody that's never been through that. So, you know, my heart goes out to you because I know that has to be something super, super, I I know it was super hard for me, for my sister. And I was like, oh my, I couldn't fathom a spouse having to do that for another spouse. So I commend you for that. So your sister passed away then? Yeah, she passed away last year, unfortunately. Yeah, and we, it, it came down to the siblings having to decide and we had to... Yeah, it's one of those really bizarre things. And I feel so much grace in the fact that I was able to, and I I didn't then and I still don't um, take it for granted that I was able to be with him mm. because so many people during COVID, they're not or, 
you know, when I was trying to get resources for myself, just some mental health support of any kind, yeah. I didn't want to go to like widow groups. Cause it would be like Gladys and Phyllis and yeah. whatever. I mean, I've been and I've been robbed, you know, I thought we'd have kids. I thought we, you know, and it's like, I'm trying to work all these jobs just to keep this house. And, um, mm. you know, six months after he dies, I have a hysterectomy cause I can barely walk. I have so mm. much pain. So it's like level upon level of loss. Um, and it's just all these different things going on. So I joined like a young widow group on Facebook, but even then it was people that their spouse were blown up in Afghanistan or they mm. came home and took their own lives because their PTSD, you know, and their mm. demons got to them. And I couldn't, yeah. um, I couldn't relate with that. And yeah. it was just horrifying. And it, it was horrifying to even feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that that's not me. Yeah, But I was able to see his body fall apart. And even though it didn't make sense in the grand scheme of things, there was so much comfort and peace, like mm -hmm. the days leading up to his death, knowing that he's going to die. Yeah. It was like, I just, as crass as it sounds, it's like, I just either wanted to pull the plug or have him miraculously get up and walk out of the room with me. No, definitely. But it was that. one of those things where as I'm holding him and he's dying, I'm not even crying because there's just such relief because he'd been in horrific pain for months. Right. And it is one of those weird things that you're not going to get it unless you go through it. And I hope you don't have to go through it. But if you do, I have resources to help you. Say, not yeah, less have, yeah, exactly. And that's the, the whole point. And the reason why I, I actually have written a book as well, trying to get it published now, but I had the same mindset because there's not a lot of resources out there. there I feel like there's mm -hmm. more now than there were especially when i was 16 i didn't even own a computer at that time so i was like eh. right um but it takes people like you to kind of not sugarcoat like here it is cut and dry like it's effed up it's there it yeah <laughs> yeah this should not be happening it's mm -hmm. a shit show it is it should not be happening and like I had this lady from my church. I was really smart and to never let her into my house. She would come stop by and it was always just on the porch. Um, and she was always like, oh, she was just, you know, little Midwestern busybody little lady. And she was sweet. She had a fundraiser for me, which I'm forever grateful for. But she kept telling me she knew how it felt. Oh, I know how you feel. I know how you feel. And it turned out like her mom died, which yes, that's, that's yeah. sad. That's whatever. But it is not your spouse. spouse completely yes. different. The only thing I could liken it to is like spousal death and child death. Like that mm -hmm. has, those have to be the two worst. Oh yeah. Um, we know through life, we're going to lose parents and siblings and things like that. And I even have slight anxiety about that happening someday mm -hmm. with my parents that are 75 and 82, but yet that's more natural than my husband. Yeah. It's 37. And it, she kept telling me, oh, I know I, I am a no. It turned out she called herself a widow because her husband played golf so much. And it's like, no, ma'am. Oh, no, <laughs> ma'am. No. Different ball field. <laughs> yeah. And like when people say, I know, how, even with your sister or your mom, when people are like, I know how you feel. Yeah. And you're like, just, just bite your tongue. Just yep. bite your tongue. <laughs> people, I feel like, it, like going back to people aren't used to talking about it. So they're like, what can I say? Like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, um, not 100%. That's why I'm all, I never try to use, I always say like, I've gone through this, but I remember like, I know exactly how you feel. Oh, my mom. No, it's completely different. Like I said, like a spouse versus a parent and <sighs> soapbox moment, but yeah, it is. It's definitely different feelings, but I feel like it's super important um, to have those conversations. And you, you've hit on that a little bit. Um, so what are, 
what else do you think or why do you think that this is so important to talk about when it comes to mental health? Because I feel like there's still a stigma around it and people. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is we're kind of programmed to think we're young. My dog is licking her feet. Thinking (laughs) we're young, we're invincible. Nothing's going to happen to us. We're fine. Um, So I had this happen while my husband was alive. I joined a um, team in training through the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Mm -hmm. Um, You do a half marathon, marathon, whatever you start from no athletic ability or you're a runner or whatever. So I did a half marathon walking. Then the year after he died, I did that as well. And I met, I had support people that got it, even if it wasn't spouse, it was sibling, it was whatever. Um, so I, I had that, but I didn't have, I forgot what I was going with, where I was going with this. Cause I have so many different resources, right. <laughs> but, um, I knew, um, how I'll, I'll get back to it or whatever it was, but I knew damn dog. <laughs> I knew, um, that I needed adequate support and mm-hmm. how, what that support kind of should look like. Right. Um, but even still, what happens is your person gets ill. Number one is getting the medical treatment. Number two is like, what do I do with my own job? I need to take off a few days. Then it's yep. insurance and it's finances. So I help you navigate all that. But people want to help, mm-hmm. but you don't even know what you want at the time, which is really stressful. So I have these parts in the book to help you go over that. But I didn't even get a therapist. This was my first therapist ever. And now what I do for a living is get people connected to therapy um, for an insurance company. But I didn't even have a therapist for the first year. And I think the toughest thing is when you go through something like this, you, what's not really talked about is you can't, you have to check your shit at the door for better lack of words. You can't let them know you're scared. You're frightened. You know, all these things you're like, just keep it in, keep it in, keep it in. Um, so I think it's really important to make sure you have at least one person that will be your person. Like they would just know, okay, Steven, at this point in our relationship, whenever he calls, I'm not talking about myself. He's just going to load for 15 minutes on his way home. And that's our relationship. And he will be that for me one day. Da, 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 da. Right. But it's really hard because you feel like you need to be invincible, whether you feel like you're doing it or not, you do not have the luxury to believe, especially if it's your significant other, you don't have the luxury to believe anything, but they're going to be fine. And our life is going to go back to normal at the end of the commercial break at the end of the 23 minute show or whatever. Yeah. So within that, you're the team leader, the cheerleader, the everything. So you're working so hard that you know, people that have read my book, they're like, oh my gosh, you did so well at self-care. And I'm like an afterthought, you yeah. know, focusing on these things. And it's like, even small things, like I was so tired. I would eat tons of like veggie burgers and fries and donuts and Coke and stuff at the hospital all the time. Well, that didn't give me a lot of energy, but I did what felt good in the moment. But those are those things that you do kind of have to think about. Yeah. Um, And I worked in mental health in an assisted living with mentally ill adults. So I like for eight hours a day, I had to check it at the door. I couldn't let my real life be there, even though you're worrying, are they going to live? Are they not? Whatever. And it's, it's just so important to be able to have someone to talk to for that touchstone, to be able to be like, "Ah!" 
and then have them be like, okay, well, why don't you think about this? (laughs) Why don't you think about that? Yeah. Um, And it's just, it's very, very trying because you really do feel like when you're going through something like this, everybody wants a piece of you. Oh yeah. And I have this section in the book about um, trying to return something at like Macy's after Christmas because he got sick in early January and the girl being in it, you know, it's like Minnesota and I'm all like in my, my coat and my hat and my scarf and, you know, you're inside and you're all like sweaty within your winter wear. And the girl was like, well, you need to come back tomorrow. And we have, a, and I was like, you don't understand. <laughs> yeah. And she was just like, let me get my manager. Right. <laughs> Probably like, who's this freak? Right. But it's, you literally feel like your life is on this jumbotron and it's in the front of, it's like the, the stock market ticker. And it's going and going and going and you really will crash and burn. You have to take time for yourself. And I think that's the toughest part of something like this is a lot of people don't realize like what I did. I didn't care if people judged me or not. And it's funny because what people say is, oh, I bet you wondered if you would be judged. I went to a concert every now and then with a friend. Mm -hmm. I would go to dinner every now and then a friend. And I didn't worry about people judging me because I knew what I needed to do for myself. But it is really tricky and sticky because a lot of people don't think that they can do those things. Right. They can step away, but you don't want to be resentful either of the other person because your life still matters, even though they're the one, you know, fighting it, you have to take care of yourself. So I think it's, it's just one of those really odd things and that isn't talked about. And I think also when I lost a lot of friends, which was very painful, um, it 21 people didn't really know what to do with a 31 year old widow. Um, and it was like, they go back to their lives. They go back yeah. to the norm. The big crisis is over. And it's not that they didn't care, but a lot of people didn't know what to say. So they didn't say anything, Yeah. but a big takeaway from at least my story is when those people leave or like, I had a best friend of 12 years. I was supposed to be the maid of honor in her wedding. I hadn't six months after my husband died, I had an engagement party for her. She got engaged. Then we went to the bridal fair. I was like so happy. And it was so painful because <laughs> it's like everyone with their like shiny little, and you know, like, life is perfect. Da, da, da. Like, cool. yeah, I'm Cindy and I'm 22. And I'm like, okay, I'm 31. My person's dead. This is not yeah. cool screw your wedding dress yeah but like this this friend of mine she became like really toxic really judgmental it got to the point where there was this text exchange where i had done something she didn't approve of and it was like i have to go back to work but we'll talk about this later and i was like no No. (laughs) so i like totally just ripped the cord of 12 years of friendship and backed out of being her maid of honor, backed out of her bridal shower, backed out of everything. And so many people were like, Rachel, even my parents were like, Rachel. And it's like, nah, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> like, right. You have to, and that's the thing that I think that you can't realize when you're in it is it is painful when we have people that we care about or that care about us, but you really just have to like, it's like a thread. You're just, yeah. you know how sometimes you do have a thread you can pull and rip and it won't keep going. Yeah, You just got to do that. Yeah but more than likely you'll have new people that will come into your life where you're at now. Definitely. So yeah, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things you need to know that the tectonic plates of your life will shift (laughs) where they're supposed to be, whether it feels like it or not. Yeah. I'm definitely a big proponent, especially as I get older, like (laughs) toxic people got to go. 
just mm-hmm. cut, like you said, cut the cord, pull the cord. Like, no, I, I can't do this anymore. Uh, yeah. It's not healthy for either party, honestly, at the end of the day. So why do it? Anyways. Yeah, you're already <laughs> feeling bad. Yeah, like, your like, person's gone and they're missing. Like, you don't need someone to make you feel any worse. Even shittier. Yeah. So you're like, mm, yeah, no. Been, yeah. As I've, as, as I've grown, I've learned. <laughs> it's like, we can be yeah. BFFs for years and years. And it's like, this is, none of, neither of us are benefiting from this relationship anymore. Let's just call it quits. You know, mm-hmm. happens. Um, so definitely, I always like to ask this next question and preface it by saying it doesn't have to be one person. You can say a few people. Um, it could be family members, uh, motivational speakers, celebrity, famous people, whatever you want to put in that category, or groups of people. Um, so like frontline workers or anything like that. Always like to know who inspires you. Um, I'm really inspired by, oh, I knew what I was going to say before. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) So what happened is, so I just did this 10 week campaign. I ended last Friday where I'm asking everyone and anyone Mm -hmm. for, and then remind me your question again, everyone and anyone and everyone for money for the leukemia and lymphoma society. If I raised $50,000, I could get this grant in my late husband's name. What was so hard is when I was doing this the year after he died and the year um, and now is you're wanting money for research, drugs, patient education, all of these things. So God forbid it happens to anyone else. Right. There's adequate support. My problem is I was so bitter. I was not realizing in 2014, the year after he died, I was like. I was more like, I don't, because I don't want this to happen to you. I want to help you. And I have Mm -hmm. this chapter called bitter Betty in my book. (laughs) And whether it's your mom or your sister or whatever you went through, it's people saying, I I don't, I don't want to deal with it. I it's like, you know how they used to have those commercials. You're a decade plus younger than me, but you know, those, do you remember those commercials they'd have with like the sad kids from Ethiopia or whatever with sad music in the background? Like for 25 cents a day. (laughs) Yes. And it's like, we literally, when you go through something this catastrophic, you literally are your own ASPCA ad with Sarah McLaughlin in the background. People don't want to deal with it. They don't know what to do with it. So they'd rather do nothing. But whether it's this, it's whether it's mental health or whether it's grief or loss, you want to put the awareness out there so people know, you know, it's there when it's needed. So amazingly, God's grace, I actually did raise $51,000. So I got this grant in my late husband's name. But I had someone on my team that's like, I only raised $250. I didn't do that much. And I'm like, no, it's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like $250, but all the posts that you did on Facebook, people now know there are resources out there. So I think that that's, that's the really tough thing with illnesses and mental health is people don't realize the more you talk about it, it doesn't matter if anything immediately happens or not. It's that people know that it's there when they need it. So, so within that, I'm very inspired by people for me, it's been like the, it's okay. For people, it's like me, it's been with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, like people just being ballsy and getting their stories out there and talking about it. Because I think too many times we try to wrap a red bow on things and, you know, 
do those different things. And it's, it's just, it's not, it's not okay to make, to make it seem like things are normal. Yeah. Um, 20 minutes from here, 25 minutes from here is where George Floyd was murdered. Ugh. Um, I, it was a year ago today, I guess I just yeah. thought, cause it was, yeah. So yeah. there, there are all these ceremonies, all these beautiful things going on. I didn't go cause it's during the work day, but you know, just seeing my city burn and seeing all these different things, like people are like, oh my gosh, everybody hates the police. They don't hate the police. They want better training. Yeah. yeah there are some bad, bad seeds, but they're bad seeds, whether it's any occupation or whatever it right. is. But I think it's just really inspiring to see people come together, whether it's the racial injustice that's been going on for eons or whatever it is, I think that it's really cool to see people openly grieving, openly hurting, openly in public and saying, you know what, if I have, like, people talk about, like, different TV shows or stuff, they make it in sitcoms, like, you, you're an ugly crier. Yeah. You know, people aren't really caring so many people right now whether you're an ugly crier or not. Um, I saw this really cool post on Facebook today that someone did that was, I'm actually going to pull it up and show you. It was like a picture of Kylie Jenner (laughs) in a bathing suit versus a 19 year old. Here we go. A 19 year old um, astronaut, the first youngest person ever. Wow. And it's just like, which one would you rather have your daughter, you know, be inspired by or these different things and I, I like that people i'm inspired by people that are pushing the limits and saying yeah we're being shown a but b, version is, b yeah. is healthier yeah so yeah i think that that's really cool and really inspiring that people are just like i'm not gonna put up with this shit of the norm and i'm gonna make noise yeah and then that that's really awesome 19 astronaut yeah. like I did not have my stuff together at 19 me that either. much to be. I, no. I couldn't even be an astronaut now, to be honest, at 28. Right? I'm like, mm, no, so kudos. That's pretty awesome. I'll have to look into that because I'm always inspired by, especially females, uh, any minority, but especially females going out there and doing the damn thing, especially at 19. Yeah. <sighs> my dog's here for it too, evidently. She's all for it. <laughs> <laughs> astronaut. Yeah, she's just so she's so passionate sometimes when I do these episodes that she just has to let her voice be heard. Um, but the next okay, so the next part is one of my favorite, but people sometimes they get nervous by it, but there's nothing to be nervous about. I have, I'm not gonna read them all, but I have 76 or 77 random questions. I'm gonna pick a few at random and ask them. They're hard hitting. I'm gonna let you know. <laughs> They're really not. <laughs> no, I, I love stuff like this. I'm not nervous. Bring it on. It's so uh, it's so funny. I, I actually um, was asked to speak to a sociology class that I actually took in college. But my professor asked me, and I said, "I have to be on it because I'm just I'm super honest with people." Hello, I have a podcast and I say a lot of shit that sure. I shouldn't. But and I told her, I said I hated you the first couple classes because you made us do icebreakers and talk about ourselves and stuff and I said now I'm that person not only a podcast right? but in my job in HR I'm always like let's go around the room say who we are one fun fact about ourselves what's your sign <laughs> and I was like Ugh, I'm now that person so this game always reminds me of that it's a good icebreaker cool uh first question what is one thing on your bucket list 
Okay, the first thing I can think of is, so I was telling Stephen before we started recording, um, I don't want people to think my book is like all sadness because it's mm-hmm. totally not. It's There are a lot of funny parts, but I have a whole chunky chapter about going to Alaska. One of the things that I didn't do when I was there that I would totally do in Africa or somewhere else is like one of those zip line things oh, over yeah. the forest. They had one that was like a 1500 foot drop. And I was like over the Amazon rainforest and I was like, or Alaskan rainforest. I'm like, yeah. I so should have done that. Yeah. Just something like that where you're just, I'm not jumping out of a plane. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still attached. I don't know. Maybe something like that. I would totally, I, I love zip lining and I, I want to do it, but like I feel like it's one of those things you go big or go home. Like, I don't want to go do like. Yeah. Oh, this little tiny amusement park. No, put me over the Alaskan <laughs> forests and everything like that. Right. So I'm here for it. A good zip line. Um, what is your spirit animal? <laughs> well, when I was 13, my sister who lived in California at the time took me to the San Diego Zoo and I saw a mama gorilla holding a baby and I totally fell in love with primates. I like was this primate girl. I was going to be a primatologist. I moved here. Um interned and worked at a local zoo actually interned and went through Jane Goodall's former field notes and stuff. And I actually met her. She's a very nice, quiet little lady. That's so. And, um, I should find it and put a picture on the Instagram. Um, probably like an orangutan. Yeah. They, they can be serious, but really silly, which is, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Perfect combination of both for sure. Uh, and you can hide in your fur if you don't like whoever. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you don't see me. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the dream. Uh, what is one song that you can sing every word to? And then I will ask you to sing it. I want to say we didn't start the fire, but I always mess up a couple words. <laughs> Most songs by Michael Jackson. Most Solid of choice. the, like, 80s, 80s songs by yeah, Michael yeah. Jackson. They're always good. Queen. Most things oh, by Queen. 100%. I'm, obs- I'm very much obsessed with Freddie Mercury. Yes. Uh, such a, yeah. They're, I could go on and on about how 80s music was, I think, I feel like the best music um, generation. Yeah. But uh, favorite hobby that you do, if you have one. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. I'm a jigsaw puzzle nerd. And it's funny because the more you do, you're like, I'm really good at this. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, I, I started with like 300, 500,000 and what seems kind of silly, but it's actually cool is puzzles are expensive. So, yeah. um, I've been garage sailing with my almost 10 year old stepdaughter. <gasps> and what's amazing is you can like, I counted it. I had like six puzzles and mm-hmm. I paid maybe $21 and I looked at the retail and it was like $130 and I was like, yes, yes. I have my puzzles. I'm armed. I'm ready. So I just have the radio on or, you know, Spotify or whatever, or watch TV and do my puzzles. And then it's like, it's weird because you have that sense of satisfaction and then you're like, oh, it's done. It's done now. Yeah. But I mean, I do anything from like a rainforest to um, Frank Lloyd Wright puzzle somebody got me and then, or like the garbage pail kids, like it doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> puzzles and puzzles. Yeah. I have. I always, the largest puzzle, <laughs> first of all, me and my husband got it in like 2017 and we started it and we're not feeling it. It was a Thomas Kincaid uh, winter scene and we were like, oh, it's around the holidays. Let's do this. 
then we're like oh this is just too much work i think it was like uh i don't even know how a lot a lot of pieces <laughs> for sure and we were like oh not feeling it so it went in the box and didn't come out until 2019 i think and so me him and his sister around the holidays put it all together and <laughs> one piece was missing oh. and we were- i have that with the puzzle christmas oh. puzzle where it's like 80 Santas and it's one effing middle face piece. <laughs> we were so, uh, I'm still convinced that I feel like one of my dogs because they were like, you're not paying attention. Yeah. They probably ate a piece. Um, but we were, I was like, we were so invested and it was gone. Anywho, uh, what is the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? Actually say out loud, thank you God for another day. Uh, You know, what really pisses me off, not really like, but what irks me is the fact that people are just so jaded. I wanted to say shady, but (laughs) jaded in their view of like, oh my gosh, I have gray hair. My dad, who's going to be 82 soon, he didn't grow gray till like his late 50s, 60s. So I'm 39 and I have one gray hair and I'm like, bring it on because- My husband died at friggin' 37 and I had a panic attack when I turned 37 because I was surpassing him in age and it just did not feel right. And it's just aging is a gift. And I think it's just really bizarre that we're the society of we need to be younger. We need to be younger. Yeah. Don't get me started. (laughs) My husband loved him dearly, but he's always like, I don't want to get older. And I'm like, bring on my thirties. Your twenties suck. (laughs) Like they are not, you're trying to figure out who you are still and like no yeah let me be 30 we we both turn we only oh, a couple weeks apart in age um so we both turned 28 earlier this year he's like we're almost 30 oh my god and i'm like bring it on especially yeah. early 20s they sucked so bad oh, yeah. <laughs> so i'm like and you think you're like invincible and oh, you're not like you think you're I, at least i i'm hot shit like this is oh i got it all yeah right out. Ha! <laughs> no you don't you don't at all and I think back even now like people oh the best years of my life I I, I would do anything to be 16 again hell no <laughs> no thank you I, no 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 first of all my skin was disgusting so don't right back to that yeah I, I don't want to live people are like high school is the best years of my life and I'm like that's pretty depressing because I I would not want to be a teenager again. Uh, Last question. I'm always curious uh, because I'm a big uh, board game person. What is your favorite board game? You're like, I hate them all. (laughs) I like Scattergories. I love Scattergories. I like Scattergories. My husband doesn't like it as much. And I actually had him teach me backgammon last night because he plays it all the time on his Mm. phone and he plays it. It's been around 5,800 years. Holy crap. (laughs) I've never, yeah. yeah, I've never played it. It's like <laughs> this little thing with these little, you move them around or whatever, it's strategy. But as oh. far as board games, I really like, we have many different versions of Monopoly, oh, um, Metallicaopoly, you know, Toy Story, whatever. But um, I like those categorical things where you have to, same. you have to try to figure out what they are with the letters and you're just like, oh, I have this. And then yeah. you're like, ah. Yeah, it has to do, I'm, I'm first to admit i'm one i'm horrible at games like any game board game video games i'm just that's not a gift of mine but i'm also that person that's like it's all about having fun like i don't care i'm not competitive my husband complete opposite 
will annihilate me and be like, like <laughs> I beat you Sucker. 17 <laughs> times. And I'm like, I won once. So I'm happy. So, but he sure. loves Monopoly. We have several boards too. And then we played on the Switch. And I do say it does give me some gratitude sometimes when I beat him. And I'm like, I did, I did a good thing. It takes forever <laughs> though. It takes, I'm like, can we please do the speed dice version? And he's like, no. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, I really don't want to do this. They There's did a, like the app version on the phone. I was playing with a friend of mine and and um are you there? A call came in. Sorry. Um oh, yeah. <laughs> And it doesn't save your game. So you have to start <gasps> from the beginning every time. And I oh, was I like, couldn't no, do that. I no. No. Mm-mm. I couldn't do that at all. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. That's his favorite game. And I'm like, my favorite game is Clue because I like to pretend like I'm going to Oh, I haven't played that since I was little. That's such a good one. Such a good one. But Captain I do like, Mustard. Yes. Like, <laughs> I, it's just so good. It's such a, but I do like, like, um, categories. I like Cranium because you could get mm-hmm. very creative with it. I'll never forget the first time. I'm a horrible speller. I love autocorrect and everything. But I played um, Scrabble for the first time when I played it. I I was like, oh my, I'm really good at this. Like, eh. So my husband refuses to play it. He's like, no, because you were really good. I'm like, you secretly picked the games that I'm really, really, really bad at. <laughs> husband of the worlds. Um, awesome. Well, that's good. That, see, that wasn't too bad. Not. No, I loved it. Yeah, some people get so, and they're like, oh my God. I'm like, what's your favorite movie? And they're like, I can't think. And I'm like, just say a random movie. I don't even. Mary Poppins. Right. <laughs> like, uh, have you, okay. The original or the remake, though? Oh, original. Yeah. I love Dick Emily Van Blunt. Van Dyke is amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love Emily Blunt. No knock to her, but. That one was kind of spooky. It was. Yeah. I, I, I feel like that with a lot of the newer Disney movies, they kind of are. Cruella looks scary. Did you it, see the previews? It does, but I'm here for it. But it's PG-13, which surprised me. So I'm like, it's going to be spooky for some kids. Like, I don't I don't know who can handle this, but I'm ready. In the 20s, when Snow White came out, they had to reupholster all the seats for most theaters across the country because when the witch came out with her apple, it scared small children so much they made their pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's so, it's, I guess it's true. Like as a kid, like I just never really got into the whole Disney thing <laughs> really. But yeah, I know now because I used to run a kid's program actually. And like, they would be scared of the randomest thing. I'd be like, favorite movie of all time, The Wizard of Oz. And they're like, I can't watch that. It's too scary. And I'm like, what? Like Those monkeys are creepy. <laughs> that's what I always said. I said the monkeys were creepy to me, but people were like, the witch is so, and I'm like, the <laughs> I'm like, throw some water yeah. on her, like, but the monkeys can fly. <laughs> like, they they petrified me as a kid. I was like, the witch, not so much. So, I guess so. Um, awesome. So, the next few questions I always ask. Yeah. They're standard. Um, the first one, uh, you talked about it a little bit, but I always like to ask, what's one go-to thing that you do for your mental health to keep it in check? I have two or three different girlfriends that I talked to on Marco Polo oh, um, doing those Marco Polo videos mm-hmm. and I'll even have like a really shit day or something happen and I'm like <laughs> crying on it and I just it's so great and it's something like there was no FaceTime or I mean there was Skype but that didn't really work that well but I can't just 
I can't imagine how much better I would have felt going through the widow years yeah. in the thick of it had there been video chat. All that, yeah. Um, so I think I think just having that outlet is really cool. No, that definitely, yeah, because they're, I don't even, all these new ones now. I can't, Snapchat just confuses me half the time and I'm like, this is too short. I don't know why. <laughs> but they, yeah, yeah, there wasn't a lot of stuff in Skype. I remember Skype was like the only thing that I could think of. But... And it'd be like, you'd wait and it'd be like, bloop, bloop. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And I was like, this is still too complicated for me to understand. But now it's like, oh, I could go on Instagram live and just invite somebody and we can talk. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot more. Um, recommendations so this is for any movies music shows podcasts or books that you're obsessed with that you want to share with the world it doesn't have to be anything new you could have just discovered it or something that has just stuck with you that you're like oh no you need to you need to check this out I think one of the most important things to do to take care of yourself when you're going through something hard is stay away from the negative movies tv shows music whatever there's so much emo stuff there's so much i mm-hmm. mean i like some of it but like we're we're really deep in the era of like ed sheeran and the emo type stuff that is really a downer yeah um it's really easy to uh, like bruce springsteen's my boyfriend of all time yeah. <laughs> but it's like you know it's it's very easy to watch whatever's new on Netflix or watch whatever I read it on Wikipedia. Cause I didn't want to watch it, but like, no pun intended. Why have a show like 13 reasons why, which gives children ideas. Don't get me started. So I, I really feel like surrounding yourselves with positivity. When I was going through the thick of my grief, when I was rewatching friends, everybody loves Raymond, which I couldn't do for a while. Cause my mother-in-law reminded me of her. Mm. Granted, she didn't live across the street, but like the engulfingness. But when I was watching things, friends that would make me belly laugh and yeah. realizing, oh my gosh, life can be amazing through the crap, right. through the shit, through all the stuff. I think no matter what it is, I mean, I could give you 3000 recommendations, but I think just surrounding yourselves with, you know, peppy music and peppy things and making your it really is kind of like a smiles infectious Mm -hmm. or laughter can catch on it really is that type of thing um i love i'm re-watching it for like the fourth time i love the show mom with anna ferris and it's such a good show that most people i'm like this is golden oh my gosh it's just it's just dead on it's amazing i have people in my life that i know that are recovering drug Mm -hmm. and alcohol addicts and it's just it's one of those things and allison janney is just gold um i highly recommend mom i'm rewatching it on hulu it's on um amazon prime as well i really really like um you know, classic like friends and things like that. Mm. I love the old stuff like Laverne and Shirley. I love me some um, Rhoda and Mary Tyler Moore mm-hmm. and those those classic kind of fun ones. I've re- yeah. I've seen Cheers a gajillion times. Um, I really like the neighborhood with the guy from. I, I want to say his name is Jake, but that's not right. It's a Cedric the Entertainer and. Oh, oh, yeah. I, Max, I, Max Greenfield. It's the yeah. opposite of All in the Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Max, it's, yeah, he was in um, uh, a new girl. So it's the opposite where yeah. a white family moves into a black neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's so smartly written. 
Um, that's really good. I really, really like, um, you know, I just had, I saw him several times in the past. I just had Matt Costa. I don't know if you know who he is, do a concert for me for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. He's a great singer. I really, it just depends on my mood. I really yeah. like some of the jazzy stuff sometimes, even if it's like ragtime or whatever, but yeah. I really like, you know, Ella Fitzgerald, different things like that. Um, I'm very much a new order Depeche Mode type girl. I have tickets that were a year ago. They're this fall that I still even vaccinated twice. I don't want to go stand in a big crowd, but I have tickets for new order and the pet shop boys. Um, I talk about it in my book. There's this book that I walk that I read while I was on the cruise ship called walk in a relaxed manner by Joyce Rupp. And she is, um, like a former teacher or something. And she walks with a former priest mm. this like 1300 miles over the Camino del Santiago across oh, wow. the top of Spain. And it's their journey. And that's just like one of the best books I've ever read. Cause it was, it's just like the kindness of strangers and do it. There's also a yeah. book called the kindness of strangers about a guy who didn't have a penny on him. That's a really cool one too. Um, and how he crossed the country and got fed, was able to stay places and traveled from the kindness of strangers. And it wow. was like a social experiment. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I think he was down on his luck a little bit, but it was more of a social experiment. Yeah, I think as much awfulness and hatred as we have in our world right now, there are, there's an amazing amount of kindness as well. So I, I just like uplifting type things like that. So no, definitely. Yeah. And I, I always joke with people. I tell them, like, because I'm a Pisces, so I have to feel the feels sometimes. So mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, but I ha- also have to know my n- limits. Me and my therapist talk about it a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, listen to one Adele song and cry, and then put on Judy Garland, <laughs> like something happy and upbeat. So I definitely get what you're saying there. And for me also, too, and my husband, we also as weird as it sounds we we also love horror so sometimes I'm like horror gets me because it's like I don't know it gives me adrenaline and stuff and I've read articles where like it gives you the same I guess high as like riding a roller coaster and I'm like I'd Mm -hmm. much rather do this watch it on a screen rather than get on a roller coaster and you're safe at home yeah exactly and it's not gonna go off the track or anything (laughs) so (laughs) that's awesome I don't know if you've seen I had to look it up because I was like I know his name but I know he was I can't think of it but I know he's in this and this with um Viggo Mortensen Captain Fantastic it's phenomenal (laughs) it's the story of this guy who lives off the land with his wife and his kids oh my god (laughs) <laughs> and it's a it's a really important mental health one so fantastic it's write it down don't forget it yeah so they their kids are like geniuses because they taught they've taught them everything their kids like they're just all free with like nudity and i mean nothing's like taboo they they grow their own food they do all these things but within all this mom has such bad depression she's been in and out of mental health facilities mm. Um, and I won't give away too much, but it's it's the dynamics of their norm versus yeah. what's societal Side, norm. Yeah. And it's just the music in it. It's just one of the most amazing things ever. I also highly recommend um, there's a movie called, I think it's called Take Me Home. It's with Sam and Amy Yeager. Um, he was the hot dad, the, the show Parenthood. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. 
that was married to Julia. Uh, 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 yes. <laughs> um, I think it's called Take Me Home. Where is it here? Oh, come on. Um, it's him and his wife, um, Sam Yeager. But the music is absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's by the Bootstraps. Mm. And I highly, highly recommend the Bootstraps as well. Um, they are amazing. So check them out. Okay. Take Me Home. Yep, Take Me Home is really great movie, really great music. It will just blow your mind. Write that down. It's really awesome how music really makes a movie or a TV show. It a does. lot of times. It's like, no wonder you have people specifically looking for the music for the movie and yeah I really yeah does. and I actually like the first six or seven pages of my book I have all the songs not all but the most meaningful like say top 30 or 50 songs per the illness mm. through the grief and loss years in my book so you can make your own playlist if you want oh that's what, so and awesome then, yeah that's so smart I actually because I, I interviewed um Anna Dorn a couple weeks ago and her episode came out and she was a a lawyer and she wrote a memoir called bad lawyer because she is no longer a lawyer and said this was really depressing soul sucking sure. job and everything like that and um the copy that i got i sec- i secured from her group and everything like that but it came with a playlist as well and i was like that is so smart so i'm glad that you did that so i'm all about making yeah. a playlist so definitely have to check it out for sure um for sure yeah that's always music music's just so good <laughs> it really it is. is it is so um, it looks like you were looking. I, I was like, I don't want to cut you off if you're looking something else up. No, 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 no. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so other than that, um, I do want to give you a second to kind of shout out any projects that you might be working on. Um, let listeners know when they can find when they can find you, where, where? they can find you. <laughs> you don't have to get your yeah. address out, but go for yeah. So I'm on Wife Widow now on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I was actually pulling you up. That's what I was looking oh, for. Okay. <laughs> um, on Instagram and Facebook, um, you can ask me questions. You can message me. I'm very open. I'm open like a book. <laughs> um, so my book, you can find Wife Widow Now on Amazon um, exclusively. You can get it in paperback, fill up the budget sheet, different things. Or if you get it an ebook version, you can actually click on the hyperlinks, which will take you to all kinds of different support um, that I've researched. So, yeah, I, I mean, what I'm trying to do is I really, in my heart of hearts, in my personal, and then also mental health professional, because I've worked in mental health like 13 years now, I really mm-hmm. want to get this book in the hands of millions of people because yeah. it's so isolating. You feel so alone. Um, and I just, I want to get this out there. I want to shout it to the world that it's okay to go through tough stuff, but you know what? You will make it through it. Definitely. And like people used to go pan for gold in the middle of the Yukon in the 1800s and put it all on the line. We see those pictures, you know, person behind person behind person going in the snow. Um, more than likely what you're going through right now, it doesn't make it easier for me to say this easier or better or more fair, mm-hmm. but more than likely you're getting gold nuggets that you probably might not know until years later, but those are going to help you with the future volunteering or career or being able to say, I'm so sorry, I've been there and you mean it. And you could literally change or save someone's life. Um, So you, you know, my world blew up. I lost my husband, my best friend, everything that I knew. Pretty much one of the worst things that can ever happen in your life happened to me. 
and it's eight years later. And if I didn't have his name tattooed on my wrist or write this book or have pictures or have people in my life that knew him, I might not believe that it ever happened because I worked so hard to get here and it's doable. It really is doable. Yeah. It's so painful, but it's really doable. No, definitely. And, I and as much it. as you want to slap people across the face when they say it's time heals, it does. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it does. It does. But it's you, you have to, whether it's the mental health struggles or yeah. the illness or the grief and loss, you have to let yourself be in that roller coaster seat where the bar goes down and you can't yeah. get back up and you got to ride the roller coaster because if you don't, you're denying yourself that experience. It's going to bite you in the butt later, but we can't change things. One of the things that blows my mind the most is why am I Rachel in Minnesota with a master's degree, who's white, who can afford her food and her house and her, who has a good job versus people who are walking, you know, six miles for water on the other side of the road that, you know, have different skin colors or whatever. It doesn't, we don't get to pick those things, but we get to pick, are you going to be bitter? Are you going to be better? Um, and you can let the circumstances that happen to you ruin your life, or you can help them, or you can embrace them, weep through it, have your woes, and then decide, you know what, I have to move on for myself. I have to move on. And I'm going to take the bits and pieces from the past that made me who I am to get to a positive place. Um, it is, is not easy, but I think it'll blow your mind, the levels of strength and resilience that we really do have. No, definitely. And I appreciate you out there advocating for it and everything and showing um, people, hey, you can make it through and everything, spreading your Mm -hmm. sunshine, because of course, that's what (laughs) what this whole podcast is about and um, something I'm very passionate about. And that's why I was adore getting to talk to people like you. And I feel honored um, to now have you in my life and know you. So again, thank you. I'll link everything. I'll come do a big puzzle with you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, it. (laughs) there were times they were like, you better get back here because I was like, forget it. I want it. I don't want to throw it. Um, Me and my husband, we have talked and we're like, maybe we should start I think it was like a 1500 if I want to say I've given up on a couple um thousand ones because yeah. I couldn't do it in the past I'm like maybe I should start with like a three or five hundred <laughs> and work our way up to that but yeah I'm all here for a good puzzle moment and but we're the type we're like we want to glue it put it in a frame and hang it up and be like we did that but unfortunately not with our Thomas Kincaid winter scene <laughs> so it is what it is but uh again thank you so much I yeah thank this. you um and stay safe out there and until next time have a fantastic day thank you you too now to something that I enjoy a lot um about my show and I have missed is the meditation minute so let me find something for us to ponder over. Um, in the kitchen, prepare your food with zest and attention. That's a good one, especially, you know, we're in a new year. Some of us want to be better cooks. Um, by some of us, I mean me, <laughs> myself, uh, to definitely, you know, spruce it up a little bit. Prepare it, be zestful. Um, you could apply that really to anything that you do in life put some zest and pizzazz into it. So ponder that over while we enjoy this week's Meditation Minute. 
Yay! First episode of 2022 in the books! Yay! <laughs> uh, thanks for joining me again this year. This is going on year uh, three, right? Yep, doing the math in my head of podcasting. So, uh, super excited. Year three, what am I talking about? This is year two, right? Hold up. 2020, 2021, 2022. I guess technically year-wise it's year three, but it's really, I'm actually full on doing it. Anyhow, not a math person, sociology major, hey. Um, but yes, thank you so much for um, coming and listening. And also thank you to Rachel for being vulnerable, sharing her story. I'm so excited that um, I just hit my knee on my desk. Not really excited about that, but so happy and excited that uh, Rachel gets to share her story uh, on this platform and on this show. Uh, Hopefully you like what else is coming your way this year with my podcast. Um, To keep informed, you can always check out my website, searchstevenrice.com. I post blog posts and uh, merchandise is on there as well, too. So sorry, Rose has been such a good girl, sleeping by my feet um, and not trying to be in this episode as much now. She's so tired because I was throwing her toy around. But that's just my life, you know. Anywho, SirStevenRice.com. You can follow me at SirStevenRice on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, even Clubhouse. Go stalk me down there. Keep informed. Stay safe out there. I will see you next week. Well, I won't see you, but you'll hear my annoying voice again. If you choose to come back, please do and tell your friends. Anywho, have a fantastic day.